Hey everyone, we're back this week with our new health series called Hormone Happy Hour that I do with Kea Perowit, my dear co-host on the series and co-founder in our business, Bia Wellness. And every Wednesday, Hormone Happy Hour will feature an in-depth interview with a leading women's health expert. Each expert will teach you step-by-step how to eat, think, and move in a way that is designed to help you feel great and create an abundance of energy in your life so you can build your own empire. Empire. Now let's jump into this week's episode. I hope you enjoy it. So Yasmin, in today's episode, we talk about a topic that is unfortunately near and dear to us, <laughs> which is acne. We both have had our struggles with acne. And I'm curious, you know, kind of having gone through that more recently, we're, we're both still having our skin stuff, but you know, we're kind of on the other side of it. Yeah. At least the really hard, difficult part of it. What are some of the things that you felt have really helped you in your journey overcoming acne? Yeah. Ugh, it's so crazy. I actually look back at photos and I would take pictures of my face because it was so bad. Actually, we should probably post it because it's pretty nuts. I'll complain about my skin now, but I have come such a long way. It's pretty amazing, even though I'm still trying to dial in my skin. I actually want to talk about things that didn't work because I spent a lot of money on that. I remember buying every single, and I think skincare actually, before I go into what I'm about to say, does help because there are certain things that genuinely break me out if it's oil-based. So I'm not discrediting trying different skincare routines because I do think it could be helpful, but I was trying everything in the market, anything new that talked about acne, just spending so much money on more topical treatments. And I remember just also trying to go to facials, which sounds nuts today to go to facials every single week. I was so, so desperate. And I was just looking for someone or something to help me. And it didn't help. Actually, I remember it just getting worse. But I would say three things that really helped me dial it in is I did start to see that things were shifting when I started actually not focusing so much on things I was putting on my face, but really figuring out like what's going on inside. Like there must be gut issues or inflammation or something. And really the three things that would have been game changing for me even to this day is really eating blood sugar balancing meals. I mean, I was notorious for not being hungry when I wake up, going straight to my coffee and really not eating until lunch just because I was so busy. And I think just that is already going to impact my blood sugar missing a meal. I didn't even know how to set up my plate, you know, making sure I have protein, fiber and fat. I didn't know any of that in the past. But really when I dialed it in and had a balanced meal, and it sounds so basic, but it was truly game changing for me and making sure I eat. So I'm super diligent on that because even to this day, if we're traveling and I don't have access to food, like I literally immediately break out. Actually, another thing that comes to mind is two food sensitivities, which I never, I don't have any stomach issues with, but I will immediately break out. And I never realized this before until my husband noticed, because I was like, what's going on? What did I eat? And then we noticed that every time I would have nuts, I would break out. And every time I'd have cheese, I still listen. I love cheese so much. I'll still mess around with it and eat it. And I just get pimples the next day. So it is what it is. But really getting those two out of my system was helpful. And really the last one, which I know we talk all about in all of our episodes is hormones. Sounds so crazy because it's like now we're supporting women's health and we have this company supporting hormones. But I didn't know about any of this in the past. And I didn't even realize hormones were imbalanced. And it really wasn't until seed cycling where not only was that helping my PMS, that was really debilitating at the time, it truly helped my acne. So, I mean, really, that's one of the biggest reasons why Kay and I started Bia. I wanted to get the word out there because it was so life-changing for me on my journey with acne and also all the other PMS issues that I had in the past, especially coming off birth control. But yeah, I would say those are probably the three bigger things that really move the needle. But how about you, Kay? I, I always remember texting you when I had acne. I'm like, Kay, what do I do? Like, do I go on Accutane? And you kind of were help coaching me also during all this, but Tell me more about your journey with acne and what you've done to kind of help stabilize it. Yeah. And this is an area where I I will say I don't have all the answers and I think it's so individualized. And that's what we talk a lot about in this episode today too, how your acne could be stemming from something completely different from your friend's acne or your neighbor's acne. And one thing that I really had to understand when I was going through my acne 
journey is when to seek out help and when to trust your body's wisdom. So I remember at the time when I was really at the height of my acne, coconut oil was the biggest thing. Everybody was putting coconut oil all over their skin, using it as moisturizer. It's antibacterial, it's antifungal. So I was like, oh, I'll do this too. All these beauty influencers are using coconut oil. And then I remember going to an esthetician and she was like, please stop doing this. It's clogging your pores and understanding my unique skin type and understanding that I'm very prone to just clogged pores and I have to like not use things that are super oily. So like you really have to figure out what you need for your unique skin type. Um, Another thing that was really helpful for me too was giving myself grace. I used to have the worst inner dialogue when I was going through the height of my acne. I would say things to myself that were so awful and so mean. And I had to take a step back one day and say, would you talk to your friend this way? Like, imagine your best friend is going through the same thing you're going through. Would you say the things that you're saying to yourself, to them? No way. You would be like, you're still beautiful no matter what. And I'm with you and we're going to get through this together. And you would be saying all these lovely, compassionate things that were just completely missing from my inner dialogue. And I really had to fix that inner dialogue in order for me to not feel stressed all the time about my acne. And then the third thing is that I grew up on a vegetarian diet and then later vegan diet, which was not healthy. There's a way to be a healthy vegetarian and vegan. Mine was primarily carbohydrate based. I ate pretty much pasta, rice, like a lot of just processed, refined carbs throughout my life. And it just so happened that when I made the switch to eating meat and seafood that I was able to bring more protein into my diet. That's not to say that you can't do this on a vegetarian diet, you absolutely can. It just takes some finessing, but really upping the amount of protein that I was having and then lowering the amount of refined carbohydrates I was having, I saw a huge difference in just my overall body composition and also the way that my skin was presenting. So it was a journey. Like I think I say in this episode, almost two decades of skin stuff. So that's a long time. And again, we haven't figured it out completely. And Just knowing that our skin is more sensitive, I think is helpful to understand like, hey, we just have to be a little bit more careful, but there's so much that you can do in the meantime. And that's why I love this episode because we dive into all of this. We dive into the connection between stress and acne, food sensitivities, blood sugar, gut health, so much more. Yeah, I really wish I listened to this episode when I was going through my horrible, horrible times because it kind of makes you think about the root causes that might be kind of pushing you to have acne that, you know, maybe you're typical dermatologist might not be talking about. I mean, I remember going in and seeing one and he actually didn't even ask me any questions and was just wanting to give me a pill, like an Accutane. He, you know, he brought up birth control. I was like, I definitely don't want to go back on that. So yeah, this is a very eye-opening conversation. So hopefully it'll be helpful to anyone who's dealing with acne. Today's guest is Kristen Cunningham, a board certified nurse practitioner who specializes in root cause acne. While she was working as a nurse practitioner in family medicine, she started to develop acne, and that was in her 30s, I believe. So it definitely came later for her. She became really disillusioned with the ineffective and expensive skincare cluttering her vanity and harsh medications that doctors were prescribing. So after spending months of studying the root causes of acne from a science-based background and, and applying root cause treatment, she was able to reverse her acne and a number of her other health conditions as well. She started the Acne NP on Instagram, where she shares tips, facts, and more all about skin health. This is a topic that we care so much about. So if you are struggling with skin issues or acne, or you know anyone who is also struggling, I think you're really going to want to send them this episode and you're going to love it. So let's get into it. So Yasmin and I have both had our fair share of acne struggles. My personal journey with acne is probably lasted about almost two decades of my life. And I've been through it all. I've been through Accutane, antibiotics, taking a more holistic and root cause approach. And I guess my big question is, what causes one body to have acne versus another body? And is there a genetic component? So for example, in my family, my brother, my sister, and myself have all dealt with acne. Now I can look at another family or set of siblings who maybe ate similarly or live similarly, or maybe we're even living a more inflammatory lifestyle, but there's no manifestations of acne. So in your experience, 
what have you seen are the causes of one body to have acne versus another? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think it's it can be complex, but from what I've seen with working with a lot of people, there's definitely a genetic component, but not, not necessarily that it's like written in your genes, but there could be a genetic component where you're not able to convert something like beta carotene into the active form of vitamin A, which is retinol. And we all know about retinol being good for the skin. You know, it's one of the first things we think of when we're putting things on topically is like retinol. And then um, retinol is really good for um, suppressing sebum, so extra oil glands. So if you're in with someone, and I think it's a, a good percentage of the population, like 40%, can't convert beta carotene into retinol very easily. So you're kind of chronically deficient. And that obviously can run in families if those genes are present in the, the family line, or maybe you have both parents who have that. So if you're not getting good retinol from your diet, so activated retinol, so that would be from like cod liver oil or beef liver, and you're only eating maybe a vegetarian diet, then you might not be getting the activated form of retinol. And we also used to get a lot of retinol from like grass-fed meats and dairy products and butter. And again, a lot of our food supply is not grass-fed anymore. So that would be one possible reason. I also think that there are genetic components. Well, the other one is like the MTHFR variation where you're not converting those B vitamins into the active form either. So that's, we know that's genetic. And then I think um, people manifest their inflammation in different ways. For example, some people get migraines every single cycle and, or, you know, cyclically, or just in life, they get migraines. My daughter gets migraines and then her dad and her grandma on, on her dad's side, they all get migraines. Like I don't and no one on my family's side does. So I think that some people manifest inflammation or imbalances in different ways and it comes out in different ways. And so your particular genetic makeup manifests acne. So, and then obviously there's a, a huge like lifestyle component, but if you're saying everything is the same, the same stress, same lifestyle, um, you know, there's also things that might come up with like even the type of birth you had, if you were a C-section or you had a lot of antibiotics as a kid and if that impacted your gut health. And so it's not something I dwell on a lot because I really am focused on like, okay, where, where are we now? What can we change now? But sometimes there are clues in, in a family. If everyone has acne, like I do look at that vitamin A component or the MTHFR, the B vitamin um, variations and see if we can optimize that and try to get you, get you to the healthiest version of yourself. Um, you know, despite whatever genetics were passed down. So, yeah. Yeah. That's so fascinating actually, because we grew up vegetarian and a lot of people in the South Asian community, uh, grow up the same way. They grow up vegetarian. And a lot of women that I know who are South Asian, they have things like PCOS or, mm. um, you know, different forms of metabolic syndrome. And also with that comes acne. So it's fascinating that you said that you want to be having, and correct me if I'm wrong, more of the activated form of vitamin A or retinol. Mm -hmm. yes. And so in that, you mentioned cod liver oil, you mentioned um, beef, different liver, types yeah. of grass, mm -hmm. liver, grass-fed meats, and all those things were missing from my mm -hmm. diet, right? Yeah. So if somebody is listening to this who they're their daughter or their son or somebody in their life is vegetarian and struggling with acne, this could be something to consider that their form of acne is maybe coming from these deficiencies. Yeah, I think you that's very true. And I think people are also very individual. I mean, a lot of people come to me after going vegan or vegetarian and there's like their acne got worse. And when they add meat back in, it gets better. But I also know other people who feel better eating vegetarian. So it's really an individual journey to see how your body thrives the most and in what different seasons as well. I'm for, I recommend more of like a paleo style, like back to kind of what, um, you know, how our ancestors would have maintained their health without modern supplements and without a lot of synthetic things. They would have taken, you know, what's around them and, and nurtured their health that way. But Again, that can look different across different cultures of what it, like our ancestors would have eaten. So it's kind of a journey to figure that out for yourself. Absolutely. You know, I was that person and I know Kea, we always talk about acne and it's actually something I'm still dealing with post birth control. I actually never had acne growing up, never mm. did. I had a clear face that I took for granted and was on birth control, got off and cystic acne galore. It's definitely significantly better, you know, three years into my own journey. But what's so interesting about the way you approach it 
is actually, let me, let me take a step back. I was the person that thought if you had dirty hands and touched my face, that's why I had acne. I bought every expensive skincare. I used to get facials once a week, which is crazy oh. that I think about. Like I tried all things topically because I was like, no, it must be this. I didn't even understand how acne could be a root cause issue. Obviously now in the life stage I am, I'm a firm believer of this. So Tell me more. If someone's listening, they're like, listen, Kristen, mm -hmm. I, I don't even understand. What does that even mean? Like root cause of acne? Like what are some yeah. of the pillars that you see with a lot of the clients that you um, work with? Yeah. And I think your story is so like similar. I think everyone, when they initially get acne and I started getting acne in my early thirties um, after a lot of stress in my life. So stress was definitely a component in mine, but when we start getting acne, we immediately like turn to, okay, we, I need to buy more expensive skincare or I need to get facials or, you know, you're, you're doing all these surface things. And that's always something to look at because maybe your skincare is irritating your skin in some way. But for the vast majority of people that I work with, particularly when it's persistent, it's not going away in the first few months of tr changing things up. Um, I, I've developed a sort of a, a framework or an idea of thinking about acne where to me, it's a, it's a series of dominoes um, and we have all these dominoes that fall down and then acne is just the last domino. So you really can't focus on acne. It's a symptom of everything that's going on upstream. And if we keep trying to put back up this acne domino, it's just going to keep getting knocked over when we're not addressing the dominoes upstream. And what, what I mean by upstream is like, so hormones, we know hormones are related to acne because we can see that happening in, in teens and pregnancy and our cycles, we know hormones, but what is driving those hormonal imbalances? Usually that's something like gut health or uh, toxicity, you know, toxins in our environment, or it can be stress. And stress is probably, and I don't just mean the stress that you're like, you know, strung out, rushing around, but stress is probably the deepest root cause because when our nervous systems are in their survival mode or, or constantly going into survival mode, our body deprioritizes our hormone balance, our digestion, and our detox, which we know are key to clear skin. So our, our body puts those on the back burner. So the way I like to describe it is um, if you're doing the dishes and taking out the trash, just doing normal things around your house, and then you notice a part of your house is on fire, you immediately drop the dishes and go put out that fire. But if you're in that state always where there's always a fire, you end up just ignoring the dishes and the trash and the laundry indefinitely. And then that turns into a stinky mess of cockroaches and whatever. And that's what kind of what happens with chronic stress is that our bodies are constantly diverted from our maintenance tasks of digestion, reproductive hormones, and detox. So if we're chronically in this state of that this fire is consuming all our energy, we start to ignore all the maintenance tasks. And that's how your body is when you're in this survival state of you know, constantly thinking about, you know, the stress in your life or the, the stress that's coming up, your body starts to prioritize survival and doesn't prioritize those maintenance things. So then that ends up showing up as inflammation is getting. And we know when you ignore your hormones or hormone balance long enough, it starts to turn into something, you know, more. And that can be period problems. It can be hormonal acne. It can be a lot of different things. Um, but that's how I see like stress can also be. And, and when, when I say stress, I often see a personality trait with a lot of people who struggle with persistent acne, um, which is a lot of perfectionism, high achievers. They put a lot of pressure on themselves. They're usually pretty critical of themselves or, you know, really just maybe striving like really hard. And that obviously can be a, a wonderful benefit in how you're advancing in your career or whatever it is, but it also turns in your subconsciously, your body is not coming back to that baseline of rest and restore and that peace. So a lot of what we're starting with is welcoming peace and that helps our digestion heal as we're, we're you know, working on our gut health, helps our body work on toxins better. And then it kind of filters down all the way to the skin, uh, which is kind of the last <laughs> domino. So a lot of people are just so frustrated because they keep, keep trying to put up that acne domino and then they haven't, or they're not aware because I, none of us were, <laughs> I wasn't aware at first of how all these other components feed into that one symptom. Hey everyone, it's Yasmin here. In 2020, I was struggling with some debilitating health stuff. 
I just got off birth control and suddenly I had acne, mood swings, breast tenderness, and really painful periods. I tried so many things, but the one thing that worked was something called seed cycling. I know you're probably thinking, seed cycling? What the heck is that? It's a natural way to support your hormones using four specific seeds throughout your cycle. The challenge is that seed cycling can be a little complicated to do and kind of time consuming. So I decided to make an organic seed cycling product that is so easy to use. We make it effortless for anyone to get started today. It's called Bia and it's a super easy way to add something powerful to your diet to support your hormones, regulate your cycle, and bring back balance. To learn more about Bia and join our community with thousands of incredible women all over the world, go to BiaWellness.com and that's spelled B-E-E-Y-A Wellness.com. And check out the show notes for our promo code to get $10 off your first purchase. Thanks so much for listening. And now let's get back to today's episode. I'm so fascinated by this stress component. I recently started to do a little bit of uncovering trauma in my life Mm -hmm. and realized that my acne and everything that I experienced when I started to experience some challenges with my health all rooted back to a particular time in my life when I went through something traumatic, which was kind Mm -hmm. of interesting to uncover Mm -hmm. because in my mind, I was like, no, I just started to get all these issues. I don't know where they came from. And then when you dig a little bit deeper, you're like, oh, something traumatic happened right at the time that I started to develop this. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that when you you started to develop acne in your 30s, which Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people, they're like, what, in your 30s? Like, isn't that acne's over by then? Like, we shouldn't be dealing with it at that point. But, you know, Yasmin went through the same thing. I went through the same thing, getting acne later in life. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about your own journey with acne and why you became passionate about this subject. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I think that stress or trauma, a lot of times people will say their acne started maybe in grad school or um, sometimes people will say they've always had acne and you learn a little bit more that maybe they had a very stressful childhood or a lot of just, um, yeah, unrest in their childhood home that they, they internalize as normal, but it really was putting their nervous system into this fight or flight mode at a very young age. And so they never really knew much differently. So it can look different in different people. Um, for myself, I was a young mom. I had, um, two toddlers and I was pregnant with my third toddler and my, my husband unexpectedly just left us. And I found myself to be a single pregnant mom with no income. I had been staying home with my kids and I didn't have a career kind of established at that time. And, and so it was a huge shock because it was pretty much like nine, like black nine day, like it happened overnight. And so I was just in shock and I was like, I need to figure out a way to, to take care of myself. So that meant I had to, I went back to school to become a nurse practitioner. And so I was in night school trying to study with my little, you know, three toddlers at home. And, um, it was definitely something that I needed to do to make sure that I could survive and overcome my circumstances and make sure I was okay. And my kids were provided for, but it was definitely like extremely stressful to just dig that deep and like get through something that not only was emotionally hard, but physically like hard on your body to, to be up all night with a newborn and then studying on like all of the things. So, um, that led into a very beautiful journey to, you know, I became a conventional nurse practitioner and then now a holistic nurse practitioner, which I love. And I'm so blessed to be able to, to be in this space, but, uh, about, I would say a year or two after kind of, I got through the worst of it, I started noticing these health things come up and I do find that there's sometimes a lag, um, usually like an 18 month lag between when you're, we're most stressed and when you start to see symptoms. That's not true for everybody, but usually your body can compensate for a period of time. And then like, just like say with the house example, if you, you can ignore your trash for a certain amount of time before it, like the cockroaches start coming, but, um, that's kind of how your body's compensating and you're, you're getting through. And then you start to do this, um, kind of crash and burn where your stress hormones are not able to compensate for all the stress going on. And they, they start to say, we need to protect ourselves. So it starts pulling back your stress hormones and um, you start to develop more of these chronic sort of, some people, it can be like an autoimmunity thing. Some people, acne, um, the hormone balances, constipation, uh, diarrhea, a lot of gut issues are related to that. So that's how my journey, um, I started getting acne after that time period. And I didn't put the two together. I just thought now my gut health's messed up and 
now my, I have acne. Now I have these, like I had, um, Ray nods, which means your hands turn really, really cold. Mm -hmm. And that's a classic stress response. Your body's trying to preserve your blood flow to your vital organs away from your hands. And like, I just had all these things come up and then I didn't, I didn't put it all together until I started really digging into this research and, and the, the holistic approach to it. But I think a lot of people, if, if particularly when it comes up later in their thirties, I mean, also coming off birth control can also trigger acne when you're a little bit older. A lot of people come off birth control around their early thirties to, to try for a baby and then boom, they have all this acne. So that's a little bit different of a scenario, but for sure, that's how, that's how the stress component really does play into our physical health. And for so long, you know, in conventional medicine, it's like very much divided. It's like you go to a psychiatrist for your, you know, stress or anxiety, and you go to your other doctor for your gut health, another doctor for your hormone health. And there's not a lot of integration and there's not a lot of whole person treatment. And so I just thought of like my thoughts and my stress is just kind of like floating somewhere out there. And I didn't see how it could physically manifest into where my body is diverting energy and blood flow and nutrients inside my body. Cause your brain is in charge of everything else. <laughs> your brain is in charge of your hormones. Your brain's in charge of everything. Cause it's picking up all this information around you and deciding how best to put like survive. <laughs> the really survival is what we're programmed to do. So, um, but I, I love that question. And I think if, if more people could be aware and, and that's where I always start is awareness. Like where is our stress? And sometimes it can look different. Maybe you're in denial. I see a lot of people who are high achievers and perfectionists. They don't, they don't feel stress because they're just like on this high of like always doing more, but their body is sending them signals that it's not feeling <laughs> not optimally balanced. So yeah. I can relate to that a hundred percent. And stress is one of those things that it's really hard to confront it because it's not easy. It's not a pill. It's not like, mm -hmm. hey, I can, I'll change my diet easy. No problem. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll exercise. But as soon as you mention stress to someone, they're like, A, I don't have it. B, like, it feels too abstract to yes. even wrap our heads around. So you kind of, you went through this really traumatic situation, young mom, young kids. I only have one toddler. Can't imagine three and then doing it on your own. It's, mm -hmm. that's a lot. And then these issues started to pop up. So you mm -hmm. Raynaud's acne, maybe some gut issues you were saying. So what happened mm -hmm. next? So I, at first, you know, I always tell people that acne gets people's attention. So people could mm -hmm. have like terrible IBS and they just can hide it or they just don't confront it. Um, and they might go to their doctor and the doctor's like, oh, there's nothing to do for IBS, whatever. But acne gets people's attention. And I think it's because it's on your face and it it's confronts you every day when you look in the mirror. But that's, that's what, yeah, that's got my attention. I was like, I don't want this like yeah. cystic acne anymore. And so of course I did all the topical route first. And then I was like, well, you know, I'm a healthcare provider. I should be able to like figure this out. So I, I looked up the guidelines, like the dermatology, you know, guidelines, which are supposed to be, you know, the gold standard for how you treat someone with acne. And it was, I was just remember thinking like, this just does not, it like did not sit with me. I'm like, okay, so I'm supposed to go on retinol and then I'm supposed to go on spironolactone. I'm supposed to go on birth control. I'm supposed to do all these things. And I just was like, well, why? Like, why is my skin doing this when before it didn't? And there was like, no why. It was just like, well, you have oily skin and clogged pores. I'm like, what causes the oily skin and clogged pores? Like, why is my skin different? Because I could see my health was different than it was. And you know, I think a lot of times people will write that off in, in puberty, whatever, but, um, you know, I was in my early thirties and I wasn't like going through puberty. So, um, all that to say that started me on a journey of just searching, searching, searching and, and drawing from all of the different holistic practices, naturopathic, Ayurvedic, Chinese medicine, like functional medicine, and just sort of putting the pieces as well as reading the actual, like spending hours and hours on PubMed, just like there's a, there's some research on it. There is a good amount, but it's usually from other countries because they're investing in that knowledge. Whereas in the United States, we're just investing in like lasers and topicals and different things. Like there's more money to be had there. So, um, all that to say, uh, that just started a journey of like learning. And then I started applying it to myself and I started changing my diet. Um, and then work that again, I totally agree with you, Kaya, that 
stress is the hardest part. That was probably the last, like I can change my diet and I can take these pills or whatever, but really being honest with myself, how my nervous system was showing up in the world. That's what made the, I mean, it, it helped me get all the way there. I think you can get a certain amount of way there with the diet and with some really good quality supplements and knowing what maybe you're missing in your diet and all that. Um, but to put it all together, you really have to be looking at your nervous system and, 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 um, supporting that as well. So, um, that was just a process and it happened over a year or so, a year and a half. And then, I mean, I guess it, it was probably six months. So my skin was clear, but then I was still working on those digestive pieces and different things that I was like trying to get all the way there. But that just included a lot of, yeah, the nervous system stuff, which is the hardest thing for most people to work through. Yeah. Gosh, your story is so similar to mine in turn. And what you said just really resonates. Like you can deal with all these health issues. Like I, before I, we started BIA and I started getting more in this, the health world, I used to have horrible periods and I just thought it was completely normal, but mm. it really wasn't until the acne got so bad that I was like, this is truly affecting me from going out. It's affecting my confidence. It was like the final straw. And that's when can I, you know, Kaya was so helpful in my journey and I was seed cycling and, you know, doing the basics, sleep, mm. um, making sure I'm having three meals a day. And I, you know, even looking back on my journey, I realized that I was not eating blood sugar balancing meals by at all. And that not only affected my hormones, but also messed up my face. But maybe you can kind of talk about, you know, I know we talk about blood sugar a lot on this podcast, but I still think it's important because especially when it comes to acne, at least for me personally, even to this day, now that my hormones are balanced, I eat something that's, you know, maybe not the best meal, I immediately break out. So can mm. you talk a little bit more about how blood sugar impacts um, acne? Oh, yes. This is one of my favorite topics. I, I haven't mentioned this yet, but yeah, blood sugar balance was huge for me. I, I didn't mention before, but I, I used to have a, you know, a sugar tooth or, you know, sugar cravings to just always be thinking about like, oh, when am I going to have that dessert after dinner? And what I do find with my one-on-one -on -one clients is so many of them are struggling with this blood sugar balance and they just you know, we kind of just sweep it away. Like, Oh, I have a sweet tooth. Like yeah. you, it's something your kid, your parents tell you when you're little, Oh, you have a sweet tooth or I have a sweet tooth. And in my family, like we all had sweet tooth. So it was just like our family thing, you know? And I didn't realize that it was possible to go through a day and not just be thinking about like that little sugar hit that you could get sometime in the day. And so when I learned about blood sugar balance and how it impacts, um, insulin, insulin impacts are oil glands and, and insulin is an anabolic hormone. So anabolic means it stimulates growth. So it's going to stimulate your skin cells, which are always rapidly, you know, dividing to go even more into like hyper, um, hyper division and, and start to clog your pores. And then it stimulates your oil glands to increase in size and production, produce more oil. And so insulin is a big factor of that that's why during puberty, um, kids or you know, all teens become more insulin resistant and that's to increase insulin in their circulation, which will stimulate a lot of growth. But then you see the classic oily skin and, and sebum and testosterone and all that is in there. But the more we can lower our insulin requirements and not require our body to pump out as much insulin. So the higher your glucose levels, the more starchy refined carbs and sugars, the more your body needs to to create insulin to bring that blood sugar down. And so if we can stabilize that, that to a, just a normal like baseline level, that will really help our skin not, not be as oily or not be as um, inflamed because acne can, or insulin can contribute to inflammation as well. So yeah, so I, I, it's a big thing that we, I go over with everybody, particularly teens, but everybody and it's amazing how quickly, like within a few weeks, you start to feel different and you start to feel more balanced and you don't have as many cravings. And that's the, a really fun, like quick win you can get is just focusing on that blood sugar. And it may not be enough for everybody to just clear their skin perfectly, but it is such an important foundational piece of everything else, all our hormone balance and our hormones follow our insulin as well. So um, I'm so glad you guys are getting that word out more because it's so important. Oh my gosh, we talk about blood sugar like <laughs> like all day and night and protein. Those are like yes. change the name of the podcast, blood sugar and protein. <laughs> um, but so you also so you mentioned the blood sugar aspect, which was so huge for me. I honestly think that that was like 
probably the biggest driver of my acne mm. in addition to the stress and trauma was probably the perfect storm um, in that situation. And what ended up happening at that time, now looking back on it for me, is I think I was eating a lot of products that had glyphosate in them. And mm. so um, I'm curious about the connection between toxins and acne, but also our gut and acne. Somebody told me leaky gut, leaky skin one time. And so what what is the connection between, we can talk about, let's talk about gut health first. Yeah, yeah. So we know, I mean, there's some fascinating research that um, when they took like a healthy colon, a healthy person, and they injected something that created inflammation in their colon, um, they could measure that the inflammation in the skin was going up as well. So if we had an inflamed colon, inflamed skin, then they took away you know, that uh, irritant and then the colon inflammation went down, the skin inflammation went down. So there's this interesting connection between our skin and our gut. Uh, we're, you know, I think the research is still ongoing on, on really exploring the ins and outs of how that works, but we know that there's this visible thing and so many people will notice, um, you know, have gut issues and skin issues, whether that's eczema, psoriasis, I mean, can come out in different ways as well, but um, so, you know, the gut health, it's a whole, it's a whole topic in itself, but I do find that a lot of people do benefit from some gentle gut cleansing. Um, sometimes probiotics can make a big difference, sometimes not so much, but it's worth exploring that. Uh, and then there's also, yeah, so that, that, that's a whole area that I do a lot of like parasite cleansing with people. And that can make, just kind of like reset it. So in that example of like the house example, I can keep going back to that, but like, it's like bringing in a house cleaner and like getting you all back to zero and taking out the trash and laundry. So everything looks nice and clean, but it also still comes back to that stress component of like, if you're not in the position to maintain that sparkly new home, like it's going to just <laughs> creep back in on you um, before. And that's what sometimes people get frustrated is that they'll do a gut cleanse, feel great. And then you know, six months down the road, they're back to where they started. And that's where you have to keep working on the, the nervous system and helping your body feel safe. So it can prioritize those maintenance tasks of digestion. And, um, also, you know, our diet and finding out, um, the things that are irritating. I mean, I always do uh, elimination diets with people to, to look at like, what is, is there something that we can find that is chronically, inflaming your gut and that would inflame your skin too. So sometimes gluten, sometimes dairy, occasionally things like eggs or soy. Those are like the big ones. Um, the other big one that no one likes to hear is caffeine. Um, so that's a uh, caffeine is, um, huge both for the nervous system. So a lot of people will get a lot of anxiety and they don't even realize that it's related to their coffee. Like they're like, they'll stop coffee for, a, you know, a few weeks because I'm walking them through this elimination diet and they'll be like, whoa, my anxiety just like went in half or it's like so much less. Um, and so sometimes people aren't even thinking like, oh, I'm just an anxious person, but really it's the, the daily caffeine, which is stimulating cortisol and, and stimulating their nervous system and that fight or flight response. Um, so all that to say is there, the gut is a whole complex thing, but again, I still think there's a huge component of the nervous system tied into the gut. And then also like the physical foods and things and irritants that could be, you want to address from both sides. I think they complement each other well when we're, we're healing the gut. Yeah. It's so fascinating to me. I remember when I was really at the height of my acne, I was probably in my early twenties. I went to the dermatologist and I said, I think that there are certain foods that are triggering my acne. I think, for example, like when I eat high omega-6s, if I eat too many nuts, for some reason, reason I get acne. And she looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> she looked at me like there's no possible way that you would get acne from nuts or something like that. And then we love an elimination diet. For example, with my husband, he was dealing with psoriasis for years. And we're like, mm. what's causing this? We did an elimination diet, immediately figured out it was eggs. Now he's like, okay, I know eggs cause my psoriasis. I just have to lay off them. So I think that's really interesting because if anybody suspects that their skin issue is being triggered by food, an elimination diet is such a good way to kind of pinpoint what that food is. And that's not to say that they might need to get rid of it forever. They could potentially do some gut healing and be able to introduce that back. But 
don't ever let the dermatologist tell you if you're listening to this that there's no way a food could be causing your acne because I think even the research shows that there is a link between, for example, dairy and acne. Mm -hmm. So if you have somebody you're working with who's really struggling with acne, is dairy something that you're just like, hey, for people with acne, like just I recommend going off of it. Yeah, yeah. So dairy, definitely I I tell people when you're actively healing acne, you do want to avoid dairy. So the the example that I use is like, is running bad for you? Well, you know, it depends on who you are. If you have a broken leg, running is bad for you. If you are a healthy person and you can probably run. And and also maybe for a healthy person, there's a quantity thing. Like you can run three miles or you can run 20 miles. Like there could be different variations. So with elimination diets, um, unless you're, you know, celiac or you, you find something that's like really, you can't eat it ever again with dairy, particularly, I tell people let's avoid it for a few months while we're initially healing. That's like letting that broken leg heal. And then you can, you know, play around with how much dairy you can tolerate. So maybe you tolerate a serving here and there, maybe you tolerate a couple times a week, maybe once a day. Like it, it depends on the person. I think for me, dairy was a big trigger initially, but it seems like now it's not a trigger for me anymore. So I think that's just like letting, and and that's the other thing. And people will often go off dairy for like a week or two and, and like, oh, I didn't see a difference. Or even, even just a month, maybe they didn't see a difference. So you have to really give it at least, I tell people at least four to six weeks, but ideally for dairy, it'll be a little longer to give your body that break to really heal get those hormones. And you guys know hormone balance takes, you know, some time, three, four months at minimum. And so you want to give your body a chance to heal before we start adding that trigger back in. And so dairy is one of the things that people, and then some people will notice like they're really, their digestion is so much better without dairy. Sometimes there's different forms of dairy you can tolerate and sometimes not. Sometimes goat dairy or A2, A2 dairy. Like, so there's a whole process and that's, there's not an easy way or easy test to figure that. You really have to just go through that journey of seeing how your body responds. So I'm curious for anybody who's listening to this, who is really, because I remember when I was like in the depths of my acne and feeling like, when is this going to end? And interfering with my life, interfering with my ability to socialize and be myself in the world. And I just have so much sympathy for that person and anyone who's like in the thick of it. So if there's anyone who's listening, who's like, I feel completely lost with my acne. I don't know what the heck to do, but I know that I just want to get out of this phase of my life. What would be your top level recommendations? Oh my goodness. And I I do empathize with that as well because I don't think um, acne almost doesn't get taken seriously enough because it's not like quote life-threatening and you don't really understand how how much it kind of takes over your day, your thoughts. Like every morning you're like, looking at your face and it's like this dark cloud every time you you feel out of control because it's like something where you you want to feel like you're doing everything right but it's just like still coming up so it's definitely really hard and i think that's honestly one of the first places to start is to just take a step back and to to give yourself a lot of grace and a lot of um, empathy and compassion to yourself because the almost the thing that's counterproductive in that healing journey when you're really trying to heal those root causes is to have all this negative energy that, that's like pouring out in your on yourself from yourself that can kind of um, put you at a harder place to heal because you're just like so obsessed with it and and I also say like acne doesn't respond well to deadlines some people will be like I have my wedding in two months I need to have clear skin and like they want a quick fix. And that's just like not the way that acne is going to heal naturally. So, but as far as how do you get started on that journey? So first of all, there are a few little tips that I can give you as like a quick start as terms, it's not necessarily root cause, but it is something that um, will help get some relief of the inflammation. So you can always do some ice rolling. If you have a lot of inflamed cystic acne, start the morning and night with some ice rolling. You can do some spot treatments. Um, I personally love like a little tea tree oil, but other people might have more sensitive skin, might not do well with that. But um, tea tree oil or uh, like um, there's a product called Clear Skin Elixir, which is like that's from um, Avera Glow. But that's like a mask, like a clay mask that helps to reduce inflammation. Uh, some people will even do a little bit of benzoyl peroxide. I'm not a huge fan of benzoyl peroxide like long term, but sometimes it can just give you a little bit of relief if you have like a big cyst and you're like, I have an event tomorrow or whatever, and you're just trying to get some, some relief. So there's 
some things you can do with that and other things you can do is um, kind of temporary like um, testosterone it's going to lower testosterone so things like spearmint tea um, even licorice root if you do not have any trouble with your blood pressure licorice root tea is something good nettle leaf dandelion tea these herbs will all be helpful in helping your body or zinc zinc supplements can be helpful for some people it kind of blocks or helps your body break down testosterone it's not going to stop that testosterone from being made if you're having these again upstream like uh, blood sugar imbalances gut issues but it's going to help lower that initial sort of testosterone it's, it's triggering a lot of like cystic hormonal type acne and honestly i do love seed cycling actually i just put together this whole presentation on coming off of birth control and preventing that testosterone rebound and getting your cycles back and i did put on all my slides like consider seed cycling particularly if you have your regular periods or you're trying to reestablish a good hormone balance so those are some kind of quick action tips and i tell people to start those while they start that deeper healing which is going into the elimination diets, looking into how, how is my gut health? Like, you know, you could have inflammation in your gut and not have overt, um, gut symptoms, like overt, like terrible IBS or something like that. So taking a look at some of those factors, your periods, your periods are a really great, like report card for yourself. Like, how are you getting through your monthly periods? If you're having regular, regular periods, what is that showing you about your health or some really great books? more focused right on on periods and how you can learn more about your body through your symptoms um so yes so the i the, the first places that i would start initially would be looking at the elimination diet and starting that and giving yourself enough time on it to see if which things are triggers and then also the blood sugar balance and the blood sugar balance is something that does respond and in a few weeks you'll start to notice a difference and that can really calm down inflammation but also the oiliness if you have oily skin um, and honestly people just feel a lot better as well yeah that's great i think at that moment in my life i was really looking for a roadmap and so mm -hmm. if anybody's listening and they want to go deeper do you have a program? Can people work with you? What's the best way to get involved? Yes. So I have two courses um, that are exactly that roadmap. And I've put this together after working with hundreds of people one-on-one, -on -one, which is giving me that chance to walk with people through that journey, which can be emotional, can be you know hard to, to go through that journey um, when you are like <laughs> so consumed with your skin and wanting it to be better like yesterday. So I've worked with so many people one-on-one. -on -one. I put it, the steps together into the five-step clear skin method. And I have two courses. One is more aimed at adult acne. So if you're maybe in your later 20s or your 30s and you're struggling with this, either your teen acne hasn't gone away or you're getting new acne or maybe you've come off birth control after many years and now you're getting this rebound acne. The clear skin code is my course for adult acne. And I also have a course for teens. And usually it's like teens and parents who are going through it together. It's called the Teen Acne Academy. And so that's focused a little bit more on the issues that are unique in puberty and tailored to a more teen parent working through this together. So those are my um, two main ways that you can get a roadmap for walking through this. And then, you know, the nice thing is when you sign up that you have lifetime access to it. So you can always go back, rewatch videos. There's a lot of handouts and worksheets and things to help you learn more about your body through what I call symptom clusters is learning what symptoms your body's manifesting mm. and seeing what that points to as far as root causes. And I find that to be very effective. You don't necessarily, for most people, don't necessarily need to spend a lot of money on like crazy testing. Um, you know, if, you know, for some advanced cases that could be helpful, but most people can get a really, really, um, far along in their healing journey without having to spend thousands of dollars on testing. And so that's another common question people ask me, well, I need my hormones are out of whack. I want, I need to get testing. And you don't always need to, because, um, the, the steps that we're doing to promote healing really do, it, it balances the body so holistically that things are going to fall into place. Your body wants to be in that balance and, and homeostasis. We don't need to just be like taking, you know, titrating all these medication or herbs to get there, our body's gonna naturally find that balance when we support and remove the things that's holding it back. 
Absolutely. I love that. I love, first of all, that the teen one is for teens and parents because it can feel so isolating when you're a kid. And it almost Mm -hmm. has to be like, this is a family approach. Like, how can we all get involved to live a healthier lifestyle? And then also be exactly what you said that we don't need. Sometimes we don't need a lot of fancy testing. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we just need to do the basics. And I think a lot of times people will take a step back. It's like, are you be honest with yourself? Are you doing the basics? And then if you really truly are and then you need more advanced testing or to work with someone then go for it um so my last and final question is like kind of a fun question that we do with all of our experts that we got from tiktok it's what are three things now as a nurse practitioner knowing everything that you know about skin health that you would never do to your body (laughs) Mm, okay that's that's a great question um okay so three things that i would never do to myself i think i've come on such a journey as we all have as we we learn better or we learn more, we, we do better. I think number one, um, I've really taken away that mindset. I used to, so I would grew up as, you know, as an athlete, I was a, you know, all American athlete and it was always about pushing your body to the limit and like kind of like the no pain, no gain. And I really have seen now how we can be optimally healthy and even look our best without having to push your body like exercise wise to like these high extremes and how that can also be more beneficial for women to not be like high intensity exercising all the time. So I kind of have given myself that permission to not kill my body in the gym anymore. And I actually find, I just enjoy, like I enjoy, I do the exercise that I really enjoy. I still love movement. I still love that, but I just don't push myself that hard anymore. Um, to the point of being in pain. I also think one of the big things is that I would never do or use is things like nonstick cookware with like all the like scratches in it. I think there's so much out there pointing to how many of these chemicals can get in our bodies and disrupt important hormonal disruptions, but also just toxicity in general. So looking around your environment and finding things that um, like nonstick cookware, fragrances, fragrances in our laundry, anything that you're putting on your body on a daily basis or being around on a daily basis, take a look at that and and try to do like a clean sweep. And I think that's really important for our long-term health, but also our children too, who are growing up around that a lot. And then lastly, I think just having a better understanding of blood sugar and, and sugar in general, I feel so much better that I never want to go back to just like eating tons, like eating a whole big bowl, like a Sunday ice cream. Like, even though I used to think that was like so pleasurable and like, I would look forward to just like shoving like cookie dough or something in my mouth. Um, I just feel so much better not being controlled by that. And my, I can now it's been long enough where I can feel like so much worse when I do indulge in something really sugary that it's like, it's just a very freeing feeling. And I hope I never, I mean, I I listen to my body and if I start having more sugar cravings and that's like when I know I need to like just adjust some things, but, um, I just hope for everybody that they don't have to be, they can learn how to feel that, that good in their own body, that they're not driven by sugar cravings. Totally. I love that because I think a lot of people will be like, oh, you're not living. You're not like giving yourself those like pleasure foods. And it's not even about that. Somebody said, sometimes we don't know how bad we feel until we feel good. Yeah. And so it's like, if you come out on the other side and you're like, wow, this is how great I can feel without having those certain things, like you don't want to let go of that feeling. So I can definitely resonate with that. And thanks so much for joining us today. This is a topic that's so dear to my heart. And I think a lot of people will get a lot out of it. So thanks for being on, Kristen. Absolutely. I loved it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Behind Her Empire. If you enjoyed this conversation, it would mean the world to me if you would consider leaving a review or even sharing this episode with someone who might be inspired to create their own empire. To stay updated on new episodes or join our private community, visit BehindHerEmpire.com to sign up. We send inspiring and short emails every week to your inbox. I'll see you next week. And until then, remember, you're always in charge of your own destiny and it's never too late to start your own empire.